Hello, beautiful human. Thank you so much for letting us into your ears today. M. Bild is here, and she has a lot of music out. Precious, Numb Little Bug, Groundhog Day, and a new EP on the way. We're going to talk all about it. But uh, please subscribe to our podcast, share with those you care about, and enjoy it. Here's M. Bild. Hello, beautiful human. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Zach. That's Dan. Hey. And this is M. Hi. I'm going to pronounce pronounce your last name poorly do you, you can't try, say you bihold just... <laughs> yeah it's bihold <laughs> can you not say that i was gonna say let's do it together one two three bihold, bi-hold. Yeah. Do people often get it wrong and call you behold yep my whole life yeah, i thought so yeah i've been f-ing that one up for <laughs> literally weeks That's okay. is it no what, what? it's not okay what yeah, it is uh, yeah i mean people are like behold emily and i'm like that would be funny if it was that but it's not <laughs> You know, <laughs> I mean, are, isn't it an honor to at least be in a position where people have to say your name to fuck it up? Yeah. And you know, what's really funny. I found a YouTube video mm-hmm. as to like how to pronounce my name and they say it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so really, I mean, we're spreading a false narrative out there that people think your, your name is one thing, but it really is something else. Have we thought about maybe just changing it to fit this YouTube video? We should. I'll just I'll erase my entire self and we'll start. Over. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you don't really need to change the spelling of your name. You just need to change the way you you introduce yourself. Right. I'm just pitching ideas, just workshop and stuff. I'll but, consider it. I'll consider it. Okay, got it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Numb Little Bug is really like your third viral record, right? Yeah. I mean, bigger than the, the first two for sure. Oh, easily. Yeah. Okay, so let's dissect that for a second. What... What obstacles has Numb Little Bug overcome that 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 makes it clear to you that this song is bigger than the other two? I mean, it's top 10 on pop radio, which the other two certainly weren't. Uh, it, it went gold. But do you think the other two could have? I feel like the lyrics of Numb Little Bug hit more of an audience than the other two, and that's probably a big factor. Mm-hmm. Um, I had also signed. When, when Numb Little Bug came out and the first two went viral and I was independent and it was it was fun to kind of figure out like how to grow it myself, but it definitely has been very helpful to have resources with Bug. What is the difference? I mean, yes, the lyrics, but what early signs was Numb Little Bug showing that the others didn't? That was like, okay, this this needs to go the extra length. You need to go and tour. I mean, since you were in Kansas City, like you were at our old radio station, like they have you working. You're working. You're, you're on a promo run. Yeah. So, like, w- w- I, I just want to know, like, what was this doing differently than the other that the others weren't? Well, when I posted the initial video, it got 7 million views, which was definitely more than the other two songs. Um, just so the chorus, and that was, like, six months or five months before the song actually came out. Wow. Um, so I was actually terrified that it wouldn't stream well because it had been so long. But luckily, we, we got it back in, in uh, January when it dropped. Why I mean, did it take so long for you to post it? It... Well, I had I had finished writing it, um, but it went through fourteen versions Whoa. to get to a place where I was happy with it. Um, and then, yeah, we had it done in December, but you don't really release in December. Yeah, because like, like yeah, the charts are dead. It's Christmas. Yeah, yeah. What so do you think? I was pretty frantic about it, and I was like constantly asking Republic, like, "Can we put it out, please, please?" And they're like, "No, no, just wait. It'll be good. I promise." Yeah, they're, they're right. How did you know it was done if it went through so many different versions? I mean, it's never really done, but. It was, it was funny because at a certain point, I just didn't like the song anymore. Um, so I was like, do I even want to release this? I mean, it did well, but eh, I don't know if it's a real indication of me. And then I, I got the last mix back from um, a producer named Dallas Caton, who kind of solved all the problems I was having with it. And um, I, I loved it again after that. 
I want to know like the difference between V1 to the the one we're all hearing, but like how many producers touch this song before it hits, you know, my ears, the world's ears. In total four, um, it went through kind of a more rocky punk phase, almost intergalactic sounding in the beginning. <laughs> Uh, and there were actually cool elements in that, but it just didn't totally feel like my sound. And then it went to a more acoustic version, which was neat, but not really what I wanted. Like, I wanted to do a separate acoustic version, but not as, like, the original mm. song. And then it got to this sort of quirky pop that I like a lot. When you were writing the song originally, were you writing it acoustically? How like how do you write usually? Yeah, so usually it starts with one line for me. Um I actually had the idea for Numb Little Bug when Groundhog Day was going viral because I had started on antidepressants when a lot of good things were happening um, and I just kind of felt nothing, like emotionally flatlined. And for some people, they totally work and I just want to make sure I put that out there because that was just my experience. Um, but I was telling my mom, like, I'm I'm not happy and I don't know why. And she said, like, that sounds ungrateful. I was like, it's not. Let me find the right words for you. And then basically when I was driving... Um, I just thought of the lyrics, do you ever get a little bit tired of life? Like, you're not really happy, but you don't want to die. And I was like, wait, I think, I think I'm think i onto something. So I took a voice memo and then fleshed out the first verse and first chorus when I got home and finished it um, in a session the next day with some friends. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you have that voice memo, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I do want to talk about your mom saying that's, that's, that's ungrateful because that is like a, it's like, it's definitely, that's kind of like an older school approach to exactly what you had to say right which is you know you were depressed and it hurt because she's usually the person i go to to talk about everything and for once i felt like she didn't totally understand like how overwhelmed i was because my life was changing everything i wanted was happening but when you're getting hit up by like tens of labels (laughs) and publishers and like everything is just moving so quickly it's overwhelming it's really overwhelming yeah and yeah it's exactly what you dreamed of and what you work towards but still, doesn't mean it's not going to be overwhelming. Right. And it also felt like, okay, who really wants me as a long-term artist and who's <laughs> seeing me as like a flash-in-the-pan mm. viral moment? And that is really scary to sift through. Yeah. But then also come to terms with your own value. Right. And your own identity at the same time that like everybody else is starting to get to know. Yeah. Totally. You're Persian, right? Mm-hmm. You're born and raised in LA. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, a, like, I mean, there's a generational, you know, connection to the way she responded. Right? Yeah. And cultural, maybe? Well, it's funny because um, after Groundhog Day went viral, I was, like, doing every opportunity that came my way. Tons of sessions, like, sometimes two a day. It was way too much. And I was like, Mom, I'm, like, working so hard and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you're not working hard. You're not, like, your hands aren't in the dirt. <laughs> yeah. You're not doing a nine-to-five <laughs> job, <laughs> you know? Like, exactly what she and your dad and everybody who came before you probably had to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. But I it's different. I love my mom, though. <laughs> but it's a different sort of digging, you know? It's emotional digging. It's emotionally taxing. Yeah. And, like... You should talk to her. I think it would be helpful. <laughs> Whenever you want. <laughs> I feel like it's also one of those situations where if you're not experiencing that, like it's hard to really understand, I guess, for some people. But like everything, like everything you ever dreamed of is in front of you, but you don't really feel much. Yeah. Is that still happening today or have you kind of, it's still happening? I mean, to an extent, I'm, I'm super grateful for everything that's happening, but it's funny because all of my friends text me when they hear the song on the radio and I feel like they all expect this big reaction from me. But to, to be honest, all the success I feel like I've been watching from an outer body. Like it doesn't actually feel like me. It's, I, I know people always say like, oh, it's hard to process and you think they're just being humble, but like truly there's no way to actually understand how much is going on. Cause your scope of the world is just not, not that big. Yeah. You know? 
But the truth is, that's okay. Like, just keep being yourself and keep living your truth through music. And, I mean, you don't need to fully understand it. Yeah. That's right? And, and by the way, it takes time. Like, yeah. you're, it's, like, again, it feels like you've been doing this a while to get here, but, like, it's still new. Mm-hmm. It is still the most new. It feels like it's been a lifetime. It's just so <laughs> packed. Sis, j- yeah, strap in. So <laughs> when you're walking out on stage, like you performed with AJR and there's a massive crowd, what are you feeling before you go on or after you get off stage? Yeah, yeah. I had a I had a big panic right before um, <laughs> I was walking around the green room just repeating, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. <laughs> I was terrified. Um, and then when I stepped out and I saw all those faces, Again, it was like too much for me to truly process. So I wasn't actually that nervous because I was like, okay, this is just crazy. Like I can't actually consider this many people perceiving me. I just got to do it. Yeah. Um, and it's the same set we've always done. So it's just about like, you know, mm-hmm. being in your in your zone. And then after there's a picture of me just like flat on the floor. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, <laughs> just perform for 8,000 people. Casual. That's awesome. <laughs> Casual. City of Angels. That was the first song to go viral. Mm-hmm. What do you learn from that success that you maybe applied moving forward? I'd say it was interesting to learn emotionally how to kind of regulate myself because when it's when it was viral, it's obviously a high and you're getting so many comments and you can't keep up with your phone notifications. But then ultimately it like kind of goes down mm. again and then that happened with Groundhog Day and then it went down again. And I think just sort of learning that it ebbs and flows and that's okay. And the periods in between, I feel like I learned more. I understand that. Like about life? Yeah. Anything to the way you approach that song or the way you chose to promote it or share it with the world? I mean, in truth, I made one video that went not even crazy viral, like 300K. Um, a friend of mine, live to create is his handle, did a like story time video about it and then I duetted it. And that was the whole campaign. It was like three <laughs> videos. So it wasn't it wasn't like the 60 that I did for a <laughs> little bug, you know? <laughs> the 60. Yeah, a lot. It just keeps... Keeps going. Top of mind, baby. Top of mind. You got to <laughs> stay there. Top of feed. Algorithm. Feed it. Ooh. It's like, is it crazy? Do you ever think that you'd be making music but also being be attached to an algorithm on a platform that is like so out of your control? No. And honestly, I used to let the numbers define me and I just can't do that anymore. Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying with City of Angels. It like affected me when it did so well. And then when things didn't do well, I was like, oh, like. This is a reflection of me, but it's not, it's not, it's, you know, so not just keep going. That's what I learned. Consistency. And by consistency, it's not even consistency in quality. It's just continuing to swing, like swinging every time you have the opportunity Mm -hmm. because you never know that 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 next swing could change your entire fucking life. Yeah. But also like some music is made for TikTok with like really blunt lyrics at the beginning. Some music is good and isn't made for TikTok and that's okay too. Coming to terms with that. That takes time. Yeah. Process, right? I mean, because at first you probably, did you feel like TikTok determines whether my art is valid or of quality? Yeah. I mean, I had a song um, called Nobody Else that I released after City of Angels that I think I liked more writing wise and it didn't really click in. Um, But it's still like a song that I like, (laughs) even though it didn't have a moment, you know? It doesn't need to, a moment can be defined in so many different ways. Yeah. Right. And it's a moment for you listening to that. It's a moment for probably tons and tons and tons of other people who gives two flying F's <laughs> if it sparked the algorithm within a certain time frame to really hit people's for you page. Right. But do you feel like you know how to write songs that will, you know, hit the algorithm? Do you know, like, tri- like, do you feel like you figured it out? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, 
you know, for Groundhog Day, it was all my friends are moving on, getting hitched, and then they're gone. For a numb little bug, I don't feel a single thing. Have the pills done too much? It's like right off the bat, it yeah. just cut to the chase. This is what I'm feeling. And I think people kind of are quick to relate to things. Mm-hmm. But the more like poetic stuff, which I also like to write too, doesn't click, but that's okay. Are you yeah. trying it? Like, are you posting those? I have. Um, honestly, just to, to be consistent, not because I expect anything from posting those videos. Got it. I mean, I have a friend who whose first lyric is, my dad's condom broke in 97. Of course, that's going to go viral. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Sick. <laughs> Shout out Rokopara. Uh, how many songs do you just sit on right now? Um, A lot. Hundreds? Wow. I don't know how many are actually recorded. I mean, I'm I'm writing all the time, and I have, like, voice memos nearly every day of just, like, little pieces that I put together, uh, either by myself or in sessions, but also... Getting pickier and pickier about what I actually want to put out. Why? Because I think at a certain point, well, especially when I was paying for everything myself, I was like, yeah. if I put 2K into the song, so it's just throwing it away if I don't release it. And um, now, luckily, I don't really have to think like that. So I can kind of put art first instead of like logistics, I guess. It's <laughs> pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> Grateful. Yeah, because you could do a session. If it doesn't go anywhere, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, are you still ingrained like a session needs to result in a song? Yeah, I I struggle with sessions a little bit because it's incredible to be able to write with other people, but like finding the people that are on your wavelength is definitely mm. hard. And I love everyone I've I've met. I don't think I've had like a bad session per se, but I also just feel like there's there's so much to do that I don't want to waste anyone's time with a non fruitful situation. Like I, you know, if if nothing's happening in a few hours, I tend to cut it. Here you go. Ah, uh, we're not friends. Bye. <laughs> I don't know you. Didn't work. Bye. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> what do you say? Let's get lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, that makes him feel real good. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the friendly. This isn't working out. Uh. <laughs> do you just kind of feel more comfortable though, like writing by yourself? Yeah, because that's how it started. Um, I mean, I I was really lucky to find a couple collaborators named Dallas Caton and Alex Veltry that I've done most of the EP with, and I've been writing with them since, and uh, we always click in every time, but. You know, just finding finding the community along the way and, and continuing to write myself. How did you end up writing a song for a movie? Yeah. Because um, that was like your first, like that was the first big break, right? Is that wrong to, to like define it as that? No, it, it's true. I um, was playing a gig at the Republic of Pi. Oh, God, I love Pi and I love their Pi. Mm-hmm. The one in Hollywood? Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Hollywood Boulevard, great location. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, a little, little testy depending on the time of day you go. But the pie is superb. It is. It superb. is. Superb. But it was my first show ever. and um, <laughs> Sick. There was a woman in the audience who was the director of a film, and she asked me after if I'd write a song for her movie, and I was like, yeah. And she was like, we, we have a really small budget, but like the number she said was more than more money than I had seen as a child in my life. So I was like, no worries. You can give me $10. Like, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> That's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. How's the pie? Help change your life. How's the pie? Republic. Republic of Pie? Republic of Pie. Yeah. Uh, Republic of Pie. Sorry, sorry, sorry. There is there is a house of pie. Is there? There is. I'll yeah. try that pie too. Well, I mean, they may not allow performers. I, you know, I like that Republic of Pie actually allows people to perform. Right. That's pretty cool. Art and pie. That's. That's a win. That's getting me excited. What's it like? You're from Los Angeles, right? Mm-hmm. What's it like growing up here? I'm sure it's just like all you know, but what what is it like growing up in the city that most people are coming to to kind of make it? I think I'm able to spot the, the LA types yeah very quickly and i've definitely like learned to surround myself with the more down-to-earth people here Mm -hmm. but um 
Also, like, I grew up in Glendale, which is kind of outside the main yeah. Hollywood stretch, so I was more in, like, suburban okay. LA than, like, the real LA. Yeah, dude. Americana. Americana. Yeah. Yes. Is that what you say when you say, uh, we used to talk about the fakers in LA? Like, like the fake people, you can spot them? Yeah. Like, what would you describe a f- the fakers as? Yeah, do you think any of them are sitting in this room right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I think it depends on people's values yeah. and what they prioritize. And I, I don't think it's, like, necessarily wrong to prioritize your career, per se. But I think when you're constantly just seeking validation, that's that's kind of where I draw the line. Mm-hmm. I get it. Seeking validation constantly. Mm-hmm. Mm. But you can have LA tendencies and not be from LA. Yeah. I think a lot of artists, probably a lot of peers that maybe you were writing with early on, pretty selfish. Why? You don't think the people, like, your fellow individuals cl- not not clamoring but like dedicating their all to their art fighting to make it mm-hmm. you have to be a little selfish to make it like a little bit you have to be exactly what you said a, just have a little tiny sting of it to make it you don't think so no i want to agree with you because I feel like that's the friendly thing to do. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I don't you don't know. need to agree with I me. Mean, that's if it's, if it's your... <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 I wouldn't be offended. Actually, the discussion would be even better if you didn't agree with I, me. I feel like if it's your, if it's your calling and if, if it's like what you are meant to do on this earth, I don't know if it's selfish. No, but oh, I agree. But overshare, you just said oversharing that with people or making the, the moments about you or like not... Uh, not understanding but like like say you're you're like on a reality tv show uh-huh. and then you like start ignoring your friends and you're like oh i was on it i was i'm famous now yeah like that's la that's that is la baker in la yeah yeah it is yeah yeah, yeah. i agree with that but you don't need to you don't need to be that way to make it i don't think you need to be that you don't but i do think there is like an artist like there i don't know like there is something like there is a little bit of self-obsession there it's, like, really, it's interesting that you say that because something that I fear a lot as an artist is ever coming off as conceited. And I often actually try to downplay things that are happening because I don't, I don't want to seem like that, but yeah. I also like dedicate myself to my art. It's a funny balance. I understand that in my own world. Because also, like when I see people's feeds on Instagram where it's just their face nonstop and their body's yes. so great and blah, blah, blah. It's like, wow, you're really obsessed with yourself. But then that's what gets the engagement. So it's like, yeah. I w- I'd love to post plants nonstop. That seems more accurate than like, <laughs> here's my face. But and it's interesting. But it's also like, are you self-obsessed or are you just trying to spark the algorithm and get engagement? Right. Am I a faker in LA? No. Oh my God. <laughs> identity crisis on this show. <laughs> You're welcome. Come on in. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. It's the typical Wednesday afternoon. So let me ask you this. I think I heard you say, I couldn't find it written down, but I heard you say in an interview that the EP name is, you say it. Egg in the backseat. That's exactly it. What, is it, what, is what that does mean? that mean? Oh, oh, keeping it safe? Keeping it safe? The egg. Like you, you strap it in, seatbelt. So I had a session with Dallas and Alex, who I mentioned earlier, and and I came in and I was like, what if we wrote a club banger about eggs? And they were like, yes. And then that was just one of the lyrics that, that we wrote. And I honestly, there's no real meaning behind it. I've always considered myself an egg. I feel like eggs, like you can't take eggs that seriously. They're so funny. They're fragile. They're fragile. I'm fragile. I'm wearing an egg. Can you see? I have a little egg. Oh, sick. Oh, wow. An egg splatter, right? Yeah, yeah. Nice. I've called myself Eggmily. <laughs> it's not even like like eating the eggs. It's just like the presence of the egg. The idea of an egg. Would yeah, you yeah, yeah. W- would you rather be around an egg that's broken or 
cracked or scrambled? How do you prefer your? I have questions. <laughs> I like sunny side up, like fried. Oh, the most taste. I also I like scrambled with miso. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I learned over the pandemic to make. Wow. Well, how do you like your eggs? Scrambled. Like with like you know milk and cheese. Nice, nice. Like fluffy. Yeah, very fluffy. Mm-hmm. And I'll do like a uh, fried egg sometimes, depending. Yeah. What what when depending like why? Uh, put on a sandwich. <laughs> you okay. know. That's fair. Put on a piece of toast. And then sometimes I go less fluffy, like if I get like a breakfast sandwich, like on a bagel. Mm-hmm. They do the more like scrambled but like folded egg. You feel me? Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Sunny side is hard to make though. It takes real talent. Yeah, I can't do it. It's very delicate. Very mm-hmm. soft hands required. <laughs> yes. Gosh. What about you, Phil? Hatched. Hatched? He yeah. doesn't eat Chickens? eggs. Yeah, like yeah. when the when the egg gets to hatch into a chicken. He no, wants to so raise funny. all of the chicks. <laughs> he wants to take all of the eggs you've ever eaten and put them in a little like one of those incubators yeah. and then let them grow and, and are you a vegan? And raise I'm a vegetarian. Them. That's I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> She's still gonna eat her fucking eggs. No, I mean, hey, enjoy <laughs> enjoy your eggs. Go for it. <laughs> um <laughs> You said you, you you said though originally you wanted to write uh, a club banger about an egg. Uh-huh. Um, you, have you ever brought an egg to the club? No, I haven't. <laughs> I mean, I don't go to the club. Well, if you do, you'd probably be more comfortable if you brought a carton of eggs. I will. I, I will do that. I'll set you up. I know a guy. We'll get you and your eggs a table. Okay. <laughs> get you guys a ske- section near the DJ. That's great. That should be the music video. Oh. We're really like collaborating here. I, you know what? I won't even like invoice you or anything. <laughs> It's <laughs> free. My mind's a well. I appreciate it. Tap into it. Uh, I do like the idea of the eggs at the club. Who? So who are the people you collaborate with? Um, Alex and Dallas. Who, do they have a last name? Alex Veltri and Dallas Caton. Got it. God, I didn't. I, I don't know them, so I don't know their first name. <laughs> I did meet. Like, who did I meet the other day? That was like, numb little bug. Like, the, was like. Written here. What was their name? Hold on. Nick Lopez? No. Was hey. written, where, like, were you at a studio? I was at a house in Beverly Hills. Like an apartment. Was uh, Numb Little Bug written in an Drew, apartment? Drew DeCaro? Falconry? You had like 77 producers on it. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everybody's going around town being like, that's my fucking song. <laughs> And it's all like what it wasn't really I yours. Know. Hold on, I got it. I texted this person yo. So of course they didn't save their name because why the fuck would I do that? Um so let me look. Hold on. I'll find it. I'll find just text them and say, Hey, who is this? I gotta find their name though, bro. Anyway, I'll get it. Okay. You know. That's funny though. <laughs> I wanna know. I was at some house and they were like, Yeah, dumb little bug. And I was like, sick. It's a great record. It really is a great record. Thank you. Do you feel pressure or nerves to do it again? Do you even want to do it again? I'm really excited about the songs on the EP coming up, and I I do care about them doing well. But I will say that like there has been so much nonstop running since Bug that I I wouldn't be like mad if we didn't have a Bug again very soon because I I need to like calm down a little bit. Yeah. I think. Do you think there's a Bug? And are you do you have a new standard at which you're creating? Um. And releasing because of it. I honestly like some of these songs coming more than Bug. Maybe it's because I've heard Bug two million times. I mean, yeah. that could be part of it. Um, I don't know. I just feel the standard. I don't know how to describe it, but I know when it's there. All these songs have to meet that standard before they touch our ears? Yeah. How do you describe the standard? Um, 
Like, how do you define it? What does it sound like? What is it? What does it make? Is it a feeling? Is it a sound? What is it? So the thing is that I um I don't really listen to my own music because I feel like that's I don't know. You do it in the process of making it, but then after I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I just I don't necessarily. But but right after writing it, if I listen to it like again and again and again because I just want to hear it like an earworm, I feel like that's kind of when I know because I'm excited to. And numb was that or bug? What do you, you call? Numb, yeah, bug. Bug was that. Um. I have a song called One, Two, Three, Four, Five on the EP. That was that for sure. I think Egg was that. I mean, all the ones I picked. <laughs> I felt that way. Damn. Eggs, baby. Eggs. Well, you mentioned that you're not a party. You're in Too Precious kind of mm-hmm. references that. What's, what's, when, where'd that song start come from? Yeah. What's the background on that? Um, I had someone in my life call me Too Precious, and I don't know if they meant it as... Yeah. as much of an insult as I took it as because I've never been into drugs or drinking and I've definitely been excluded a lot of my life because of that. Um, and I don't judge anyone who wants to. It's just mm-hmm. not for me. But I mean, I have a, a specific memory of like being on the beach with friends and everyone was drinking and then they handed me a shot and they started like chanting and I just poured it out in front of them <laughs> in the sand. Um, and I'm, you know, it's not cool when you do that, but, nah, I, yeah, but I do what I want. So <laughs> got to do it. Makes you feel good. Yeah. Have you ever had a sip of alcohol? Yeah. You don't vibe? It's just not really my thing. I get it. I mean, for some people, um, they use it as an escape, and mm-hmm. that's fine. There's so much going on in my brain, I, I don't like the idea of not having control. I totally get it. Yeah. It is scary. It is very, very scary. Me, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> like, good luck, dude. Strap <laughs> in, Jesus. <laughs> if you want it, it's yours, sis. You're a fencing champion. That's crazy. Oh. Thank you. That's casual shit, but not, you know, you I, like fence. Like you literally, you white suit mask. Yeah. Do you say, what's, what do you say? Unguard? Mm-hmm. You're, you're basically a fencer. You, I, you know all the things. I, yeah. I used to film fencing for the TV club really? and my local television network in Wayne, New Jersey. I don't want to brag, but like. I'm, <laughs> no way. Yeah. I know you've probably seen my work. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, you learn a lot, though, from that because you have to, I mean, God, it took years of discipline and training. Yeah. It, it was interesting because I, I started fencing when I was eight. I started writing songs when I was seven. So I kind of always had the two worlds a little bit and they balanced each other out, you know? How so? Like when I had a bad tournament, I would write a song about it. Or when I auditioned for The Voice and I got rejected, I would like work out and feel better because I'm working out. I feel like they kind of, it's really important to have multiple things going on to stabilize your happiness and, and not, you know, revolve your whole world around one thing. Totally. That's great advice. I'm not good at it now because everything <laughs> is music right now. Yeah, it's all encompassing. <laughs> but it is something I've learned. When's the last time you uh, suited up and fenced? Um, last week for the Today Show. Oh. <laughs> With my dad, I was fencing him in the driveway. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what a gimmick. Al <laughs> Roker asked you to do something. You got to do it. I mean, yeah. it's true. It's really true. <laughs> it's true. Was and how long before that did you fence? I think a couple weeks before I left for tour, I went to the club, not that club, but the fencing <laughs> club, um, just to kind of get into it again and work out a little. And it feels so good. It's just like your mind leaves for a little bit. Does it hurt? Like when they stab you? No. Poke you? I've never like fencing so cool to watch, but I never have any idea what's happening. So you're, you're covered in so much protective gear that you don't really feel it. Uh-huh. Sometimes you get left with bruises, but you don't really feel them happen. Okay. Um, it's, but it's actually safer than soccer. 
Really? Yeah. Are those swords pointy at the end? Like, are they sharp? They have little buttons that attach to a wire that, like, attaches to a box that tells you who got the point. Oh, that's how they keep score. Mm -hmm. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Your dad did it. Mm -hmm. That's how you get into it. He started in college. He went to CalArts, and he actually brought fencing to his school. And I think in the beginning, like, a ton of people showed up. And then when they realized how rigorous it is and how much, like, footwork there is before you were even using swords mm. slowly like people left every week until he was left alone with the teacher by the end but he wow. kept it up that because it is like it it, it works your core right mm -hmm. it works everything it's wild yeah except your left arm <laughs> because well for me if you're a righty your left arm's not really doing yeah. anything so i'm definitely very uneven my hips are actually uneven because of fencing interesting mm -hmm. what does that like what does that leave you with in life like do you, do you waddle back pain uh, <laughs> yeah you don't got a limp no that's good yeah. Could be worse. But there was a lot of physical therapy <laughs> during fencing for sure. Wow. Worth it? Yeah, I think so. What do you learn from fencing? Definitely discipline. And, and I did NCAA in college for the three years I was there. And I was a squad captain. And I think it's, it's interesting because fencing is such an individual sport. But also you're on a team and each individual win counts for the team. So it was kind of a neat mindset to learn because I, I always fenced for myself until college and i feel like in a way music is the same thing like it's your win but it's also your team's win and that's true because you win for the people who are in that room the writers and the producers your management your label mm -hmm. everybody yeah yeah all the pressure's on you and it's funny because also like you know I'm, I'm constantly being told like post on tiktok post on tiktok and i think a lot of artists are frustrated by it and i get it but like at the end of the day, if I do, it's a win for me to do that. It's not just like my label told me to do it and blah, blah, blah. Like, I see how I directly benefit from doing that. Yeah. I mean, have you, have you heard Halsey talking about her label refusing to release her single unless she fakes a viral moment on TikTok? Yeah. Can you fake a viral moment on TikTok? I think you can You can pay for it. <laughs> but it says sponsored, so yeah. I don't know. Um, it was funny. I, I recently saw, actually right before this, a TikTok that Orla Gartland, the artist, made. In response to Halsey saying, like, it's kind of crazy for you to complain about this when you're at that level, you know? Like, yeah. I know, I understand that so many artists are frustrated by it, but I mean, she's Halsey, she's she's okay. She should be able to release music that whenever she wants. She shouldn't. Yeah. Right? Why, why yeah. do you have to, why do you have to concoct or doctor up a moment on a platform in order to get your team to, I don't know, light or release your piece of art i mean it's it's interesting because like i wouldn't be here without tiktok so i can't help but feel very grateful for it but i i do understand the frustrations as well i'm kind of i see both yeah. sides because otherwise how how else would i have reached a million plus people before no i i you know? by the way i totally agree with that but don't you think halsey already has a million plus people i think it's it's uh, i haven't totally formed my opinion on it but for people who are already established I don't think TikTok is great for them because TikTok is bringing up the new generation of people. Mm. Totally agree with that. Yeah. And in the same breath, well, I think Charlie Puth kind of like pivoted that narrative a little bit. Mm -hmm. But in the same breath, I do think that TikTok is creating more one-hit wonders than we've ever seen True. in recent years. True. And I also think that TikTok will leave us with a mental health problem that will probably be cleaning up like decades later. I think that's all social media. Well, I, I agree. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I agree with that, I, but I do genuinely believe that there's something to the high you feel when the algorithm works on your behalf, mm -hmm. and then there's something to, to really be studied and understood about 
what happens when the algorithm chooses to not work the very next video that you post right and tiktok strategically was and i don't know if they still are but definitely strategically we're blowing people up in different regions of the country and the world to create localized influencers to create local awareness that turned into national then global awareness etc mm -hmm. i mean it was very strategic the way they chose to blow videos up mm. so you know think about it like kids have hundreds of thousands or fifty thousand or million followers once we're getting a bunch of views now I have nothing right i don't know i mean that's that's why i was saying before like i used to be so tied to it and now i'm just not like literally i had a i had a lunch recently with another artist friend and her song was going viral and she was like oh there's nothing like it right and i was like <laughs> <laughs> not for me actually like literally i i just don't it's funny because when, when i got my first like fifteen thousand streams on spotify i was over the moon i was like i made it 15 i don't know fifteen thousand people and now i see bug with a hundred whatever million and i'm literally so grateful but like i don't i don't place my worth in that totally i'm just happy about the song not the what came you yeah know you're what happy I mean? about the what you created yeah not the data behind it yeah. The flip side is you do you have a record deal and that does afford you a certain amount of luxury that like hopefully relieves some stress and you know unclutters your brain from all the other data driven bullshit. Yeah. But then again, the label really cares about data, so double edged sword. It's terrible. <laughs> so many ways. How well, do you how do you teach yourself not to put your worth into numbers though? Because so many young people and I guess now older people are like numbers are everything. If you don't have numbers, you you suck. I've just done this game so much. Yeah. That, like, at a certain point, I'm numb to it. Mm, makes sense. Maybe it would be good if I did feel it. I mean, honestly, like, the, the past few months, I've just been sort of... Coasting? Coasting. Like, like there's so many crazy things happening every day that I can't mentally keep up yeah. anymore. I'm not sad either. It's funny, actually, because I, I had one off day, like, last week after tour, and I just got so emotional because I felt like everything from the past few months just, like, all hit at once. So, but is it nice to feel those emotions? Because like you said, sometimes you don't really feel it. Yes, but it was like way too much all at once. Um, I'm still figuring it out. That's for sure. <laughs> Slow and steady. I'm little bug the follow up coming soon. <laughs> I really appreciate you taking the time today and hanging out with us. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, anytime. Come back. Thanks for talking about eggs with me. Any, I, I, I'm a big egg guy. You're not. You hate eggs. I, I, no, I like them. You just want them to live. Yeah. I mean, That's I'd like fair. to see them hatch, but you know, that would be, that'd be an over, overpopulation of chickens. So they're so cute. They are right. When they hatch, yeah. start shitting everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> when is egg in the backseat come out? Uh, I believe July. Okay. The summer. Yeah. Exciting. Seven songs on that one. Seven. Mm -hmm. Any of the numb little bug or two pressures are they on there? Yep. They are. And you said one, two, three, four, five. Mm hmm. And a song about an egg. A song about an egg. What's the song about the egg called? Egg in the backseat. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, funny. so we have two more left after that. Yes. Am I am I trying to reveal the whole track list right now? <laughs> you don't have to. Well, um, you don't have to reveal another name, but you did say that the your favorite song you've ever written hasn't been released yet. Is it one of the songs you mentioned? It was. Uh, and then I I think I recently wrote a song that replaced. I mean, honestly, I'm excited about like what I just did. Yeah. So it's funny to have that delay in release because, mm -hmm. you know, you're still like, you still like the song, but you're not like as hyped as when you first yeah. did it and it's constantly changing. The other question I had is who is, who's McLean? McLean is Live to Create, who um, helped me blow up 
dumb little bug and, and did that video for City of Angels and Groundhog Day. Oh, uh, okay. Because I saw he's the name that was calling you in the dumb little bug video. Is he yeah. a friend? Mm-hmm. You knew him when? Um, He found me when I posted City of Angels and it started to take off a little bit. And then we sort of formed a connection and from there became friends and also started working together just on like TikTok campaigns and fun ways to be in the algorithm <laughs> and all that poke so, the beast baby yeah so i i definitely feel like we, we co-thought a lot of stuff that went viral and i owe him a lot that's awesome so do you work with him on the cp like are you guys trying to figure out what will go viral or are you trying not to think about that when creating this um unsure currently because what mclean values is like working with up-and-coming artists who are unsigned. Oh, you're established. And now I am signed, but we'll see. Um, we're still really good friends, regardless yeah. of kind of different directions, but we'll see what happens. Cool. Damn, you sold out to the man. Ah. <laughs> no, <laughs> you didn't. You did the right thing. Well, that once uh, was Groundhog's Day. What do you say? You said, uh, I'm broke and unemployed. And yeah. then and then in Little Bug, I say broken and broke. <laughs> <laughs> and where are we at today? Not broke, but I live with my parents. That's good. Yeah, that's how, I mean, do you? I mean, you can get at your own place, maybe. I mean, I know it takes a while for that money to like show up. Yeah, I mean, I also don't like necessarily see the bug money. Yeah, so. you have a you have seventeen <laughs> producers on it, <laughs> and also signed to a label. Um, oh yeah, you're right. No tea. We love Republic, <laughs> but yeah, I don't tea. know. Not broke, but uh, but living with my parents is what I'm gonna call it. Sick. <laughs> do you want to move out or leave LA to try something new, or do you just kind of feel like this is home and this is where you want to be? Um, I kind of want to leave home, but then that means like maintaining a home, which I don't really have the time and energy for right yeah, now. But we'll see when that happens. It's a lot. Casually a lot. Yeah. I appreciate you giving us time and energy today. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Please listen to M's music. M. I don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> 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 you can do it. Get it. No, I don't. Do, you do it. Byhold? Okay, and Byhold. <laughs> Listen to your music. I've been saying Behold forever. That's okay. No. It's okay. And Byhold. Listen to your music. Link in the description below. Appreciate you. Oh, wait. Sorry. One more question. Oh, yeah, geez. yeah. Didn't you tweet that you wanted to collab with Eminem? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Because that'd be M and Eminem. That's, that's the main reason. Oh, gosh. Sick. But also, like, legend, obviously. <laughs> it's good M to have M dreams. M. It really is. <laughs> You don't think it'll happen? Not for that reason. (laughs) You got to convince Marshall with a little bit more passion and vigor than that. I'll have a a PowerPoint next time. That's, yes. He's got a good sense of humor. He may like that one. Cool. Yeah, Dan knows him. I don't, but have you ever watched his music videos? Funny guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Eminem and M. Wow. Maybe we'll have a duo. Yeah. 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 That's good. It's good to dream. (laughs) You're great. You're great. Thank you. Hello, beautiful human. You made it through our conversation with M. Bild. Thank you. Thanks for giving us your energy. Really do appreciate it. By the way, all of our interviews happen first and live, only on Amazon's AMP, Radio Reimagine. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with those you care about. And be safe. Hug your family if you can and don't go to jail. I'll talk to you real soon. Today's show is hosted and executive produced by Zach Sang. He was also executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zolot, Joshua Russack, and Olivia Rudensky. Music by James Ashuto. Senior producer, Caitlin Plummer. Associate producer, Eve Bishop. Production sound mixing on today's show was done by Alex Goins, Nico Pierce, and Joseph Hartshorn. Sound mixing was done by Daniel Chavez-Crook and Ivan Wayman. 
Post-production manager was Caroline Rude. Production manager was Michelle Dorostock. And our production coordinator was Bryce Herless. Audio producer, Jordan, Jordan Silver. Silver. And that was an episode of The Zach Sang Show.